Hello friends, welcome to the Online Pastor Podcast, a place for you to discover faith and explore what it means to follow Jesus, experience God, and navigate life as a person of faith. My name is Amanda, and I am your host and Bible mentor, and I am excited to be on this journey with you. Welcome to our series on singleness at The Online Pastor. I'm super excited, which is excited and terrified about this particular series. I have wanted to talk about it for a while. I have also felt a bit vulnerable about it, just living it out myself, trying to figure out what does it mean to follow Jesus in a culture that tells you a lot of different things about what it means to be single and uh, healthy and happy. And I just have watched as uh, many of you have come to me and shared stories. And so I think it's time to just rip off the bandaid and rather than have the single series be a part of like the family series in a church or on relationships and we get a one-off, I'm like, let's talk about all things single. And when I say that, you're going to hear some definitions in the future of what I mean. But just to be clear, basically, if you are not married, I'm counting you as a single. There are many reasons why we need to talk about this topic in the church. I just am seeing more and more people who are single longer and later in life. And so many are running their own homes, they have careers, and they are still on their own. And some of them are happy being on their own, others are still waiting. I've also, the numbers are showing the divorce rates in the church are pretty similar to those outside the church. We have more and more single parents in our communities. We need to talk about how we journey with singles that aren't just never married, but also married with, were married with kids. And then just even in my own story, which has um, just highlighted for me the need to release this is watching my mom lose her husband and she's not even 60 yet. And her comment a couple times in the last year to me has been, oh, you have more experience at this, referring to being single than I do. Not a comment I would have ever thought or really wanted to hear uh, from your mom. But to me, it's actually just highlighted the importance of people's awareness in the church about the different types of singles there are in the church, the tensions, and the, um, I would say, some of the burdens they carry because of their particular situations. I also want to give you a heads up that I don't claim to be an expert. I have had the privilege of journeying with a lot of people. The wisdom that um, and the conversation that I share any analogies or stories I give, those are are things I have learned from people, but I have mixed up details on purpose. I don't want people feeling like, oh, if we meet with Amanda and tell our story, am I going to end up on our podcast? Not my purpose. So I will say that as a heads up, trying to honor people's stories and confidentiality. And the other thing is, I'm probably going to say some things that you disagree with, which I think is great. Go study the word of God and go have discussion with your own community. I just believe that one of the biggest issues with um, with singleness, particularly in the church, is that many of us feel quite isolated. And I want to use this podcast as a way for you to rip off the band-aid of that conversation. So maybe I can say some of the things that you've been thinking about and would love to talk about with your friends, married or single, 
and just needed a reason. And so I want to be that person. So have at it, like pass it along, share it, get some discussion growing, because I really believe that intimacy and community is going to be even more critical growing, um, going forward. And finally, I just want to say this, it's my passion when it comes to discipleship and spiritual formation uh, to really ground you in the word. But even more importantly, I think to teach you how to think. That is why I call myself a Bible mentor, because I think that we have more information than ever before we have access to it. And I don't think it's always helpful to say, here's what to think, but how do we think about engaging with this topic or this theme? And so some of it might be frustrating. I may not provide straight answers for you. Maybe that will frustrate you. I really want to teach you how to think about it or really ask hopefully some good questions that you can go and talk about with your people. It doesn't need to be with me. I want to encourage you. This is really a uh, yeah, launching point for you in your relationship. So with that very long intro, let's get into our series and off we go. So I'm excited to share with you today on a small verse that massively shifted my perspective on singleness and the gift of it or maybe opened it up for a biblical character that always has been associated with a partner, and that is Adam. And if you look at Genesis 2, we're probably all familiar with the story, or maybe you're not, so I'd encourage you to read it, but where the Lord says, you know, verse 18, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And then you have this story where um, the Lord takes Adam's rib and forms Eve and they meet. And there's this sort of, a lot of sermons I think are preached on the fullness of God and male and female, um, the help mead peace. Like there's just so many sermons that are preached out of this. I have not heard, and there probably is out there because I don't think I'm smarter than anyone else. I've not heard a sermon preached out of this on singleness, but I think it's in here. And I want to just draw your attention to a simple verse. And so after verse 18, we read this. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whenever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no super helper was found. And then we read the rest of the story. And I just want to go back. Like verse 18 says that God recognizes it's not good for man to be alone. I'll make a helper for him. And then we have this sort of tangential and God formed all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. And he brought them to the man. This is verse 19 to see what he would name them. And whenever the man called each living creature, that was its name. God recognized that it was not good for the man to be alone. But God also had a task for him while he was alone. And that was to name the animals. I've read this story many times, or I had read it or heard it, you know, and you see all of the, um, this is going to date me, but the flannel graphs and the Bible for children stories that are always like, and Adam and Eve meet. And that's kind of what we draw from this passage. And there seems to be very little 
kind of attention to the fact that the Lord says it's not okay and then actually gives Adam a task. And you know what I find so interesting about this? And I don't want to tangent into a bunch of um, ways that Hebrews tell stories, but when you think about Adam naming the animals, I highly suspect that the animals came to him in pairs or if they didn't, that there was a definitive male and female counterpart. That was obvious. That is, maybe I'm using the imagination and you can email me and correct that, but I think it would be a safe assumption to assume a maleness and femaleness in the animals. Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, But what that does to me is it actually kind of, by allowing myself the imagination to go there, it actually says that even in the task that Adam had, it highlighted the need that God had already identified. So as Adam pursued, kind of God said, you know, I, I need you to name these animals and I recognize it's not good for you to be alone. And let's say they came to him in pairs. Let's just say that that he would be confronted that each had a mate. The rhinoceros had a mate. The peacock had a mate. The elephant had a mate. The snake had a mate. Like there is definitive pairings that happen. Maybe they didn't come to him two by two as we read in the ark. Maybe they came one at a time. I don't know. But I suspect they also had to multiply. There are a number of reasons, I think, to assume that gender would have been part of the experience of naming the animals. And I just found this really intriguing because I think the first thing I want to say to people in the season and gift of singleness is that if you are feeling the absence of a partner, it's not something that God hasn't already identified if that is a gift he wants to give you. In fact, probably pursuing this life of wholeness or the task that God has in the season for you might even highlight the absence of that partner. And that's okay. I actually think maybe that even affirms that you are doing what God is inviting to you, you into in this season. And so I think I think the first thing I want us, and this isn't going to be a long podcast because I think there is a lot to sit with after these questions, but I think the thing I would ask myself, first of all, is like, is there a task or something where it just feels like I have a really clear assignment as a single that is a gift because it gets my full time and attention? And that's where we can jump back into the passage from last week of one Corinthians 7, where Paul does talk about the freedom of responsibilities that a woman and man have when they are not married. Adam was able to give his complete attention. I think that's really important to recognize that there is a gift in singleness and the gift is focused on the Lord's invitation or task or assignment for the season. I think the second thing is... And this isn't always going to be the case. I don't think every task is going to highlight the absence of a partner. And truthfully, it might not highlight that. And maybe it's just another invitation to receive the gift of singleness in a season or however you want to uh, frame that for yourself. But I think that it is important to understand 
that sometimes you will do things by yourself and it might actually solidify that either what you're called to or how you were made is meant to be uh, with a partner. And that's a worthwhile consideration in community because there is a very different, I think, delineation between a desire for a partner and an obvious need for a partner within a task or calling or assignment. And so I just want to kind of caveat that and say, like, not everyone is going to do something that says, oh, yeah, I need to get married. Because the truth is in the third part of this passage, which I don't want to miss naming, even though it should seem obvious, is that we are made for community. That's the invitation is that men and women together bear the fullness of God's image That doesn't always look like marriage. That means just doing life. I think that's the vision of the church and the family in the New Testament is that men and women, and I'm sure you've seen this even in a non-spiritual context, where working together, men and women really provide a balance. Like we bring different things to the table. And so I think it's important to see also this passage is framed within like we are not meant to do life alone but we are meant to do life in community. And so even if you are gifted in singleness or gifted in marriage, both of those uh, gifts still invite you into a more fuller expression of the kingdom within a larger context of community. I don't have much more to say other than I think these questions are worth asking Because the gift is singleness, the calling is Christ, and is there an assignment or task where you don't have the responsibilities of a family, of cares of the world, I think as Paul puts it, and you are able to dedicate yourself full-heartedly to the task assignment that the Lord has given you. Because I suspect that those of us who are single have a particular way that we can offer ourselves to the world in a season where we can focus only on that thing and don't have to manage um, or steward a number of other people in our lives or responsibilities that require our immediate attention and really are our first ministry. So Please take this and have a conversation with people who know you well to say, is there something that the Lord might be asking me to do by myself? Because that's what I'm free to do and free to say yes to. And if you don't know what that is, I would encourage you not to discern this on your own because the verse does say we are not meant to be alone. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Online Pastor Podcast. Please take something away and talk to God about it. But also, don't take my word for it. Grab your Bibles and spend some time with Jesus. Stay current on the next episode by hitting subscribe. And also stay connected by finding us under the handle, The Online Pastor. I look forward to being with you again.